friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, December the 30th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life. I wish you God's joy. I wish you God's goodness today. My friends, we are celebrating, we are within right now what they call the octave of Christmas. We're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, after we break open the readings today. Uh, as always, we are going to look at the, the readings for this coming weekend, which we as Catholics continue through these various feast days. Typically, the weekend after Christmas, we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family. Uh, but this year, being the Christmas fell on a Sunday, and then the octave ends with another feast day, which is a solemnity, that's a high feast day, which is the Feast of Mary, the Mother of God, we are celebrating that feast day because it usurps the, uh, the other feast, the Feast of the Holy Family. So uh, if this isn't already confusing you, well, hang on, because uh, the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph was moved to today, Friday, uh, December the 30th, in order that the solemnity, the Feast of Mary, the Mother of God, could be celebrated on Sunday to end the octave. It's always eight days after Christmas. Normally, if Christmas falls on a Friday, the solemnity falls on a Friday, we're all good, and and the Feast of the Holy Family is that first Sunday after Christmas. But this year is one of those every seven years occurrences, and it's just kind of strange, so we hang on for the ride. So what does that mean? It means that we celebrate a high holy day. Uh, We are only going to look at one reading today. Uh, The other two were good before it, but the the reading I want to focus on is the gospel. And it's going to be out of the gospel of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to pick up exactly where we left off last week. And uh, we're going to read chapter 2, verses 16 to 21. If you remember last week, we, uh, we read the Lucan story of uh, Joseph uh, and the census taking Mary down to Bethlehem, right? And there was no room in the inn, so they, uh, they were in the stable. And uh, Mary gave birth and laid uh, this firstborn in the manger. And then we went out to the, to the hillsides where shepherds were tending their flocks at night. And suddenly an angel of the Lord came and was with them. And proclaim the good news, which shall be to all peoples, right? And suddenly there was a, a host of angels singing glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And that's where we cut off last week. And it's where we're going to pick up today. As always, my friends, I invite you to open yourself to, to the word of God, because that's what carries the spirit. That's what carries power. And, uh, and just simply ask and invite God's presence within your hearing and ask that uh, that spirit of God to take root within you, that word of God to take root within you and uh, find good soil where it can grow. We're looking for a word. We're looking for a phrase. We're looking for a thought, an idea, anything that spurs uh, that growth and that love uh, of God's word and, and of God's very being within you. That's what's important. So let's settle ourselves and open ourselves to God's wonderful word. And so with that, my friends, we break open the word, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Luke. 
The shepherds went in haste to Bethlehem and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known the message that had been told to them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. And when eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel, before he was conceived in the womb. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, my friends, we celebrate the octave of Christmas. Now, most of you have already heard me talk about it. You know what I'm talking about. You, you've heard other people chat about it. For those who are new, so uh, I ask your, your patience for those who are, are very familiar. There are two, used to be three, there are two high feasts within our church year that are so beyond all others that are so spectacular, that are so wondrous, that to celebrate them only for one day doesn't do it justice. So the church, in her infinite wisdom, and I, and I mean that very sincerely, invites us to celebrate that feast for eight days. Now, yes, brothers and sisters, now you know what those feasts are. They're Christmas and Easter, right? Used to be Pentecost. Pentecost, which is, by the way, number three feast day within our church year, um, used to have an octave itself, but we don't, we don't celebrate that now. It used to, the, the church, in fact, some of you growing up may remember that that was celebrated in our youth, uh, an octave, but now uh, Pentecost just is celebrated on the one day. But Christmas is celebrated from December 25th through January 1st. It is, it is as if today, when we are listening to this, Friday, December 30th, we still say Merry Christmas to one another because it is Christmas Day. And, and the same with Easter. It goes Sunday to Sunday, of course, because Easter is always on a Sunday. Uh, and we celebrate that octave from Easter Sunday to what we call now Divine Mercy Sunday. And Christmas is always Christmas Day to Mary, the Mother of God, January 1st. It's a feast day, again, for those with good long memories, that has had numerous names throughout the years. Uh, it used to be called the Feast of the Circumcision of Jesus. didn't inspire a whole lot of, you know, holiness under that name. And it, it uh, then reflected from Jesus to Mary, uh, because again, Christmas has such a Marian feel to it. Now again, it's the birth of God. It's, it's the uniting of heaven and earth. Um, but Christmas, uh, while the Holy Spirit overshadows all, Mary's yes weaves its way through everything. And so it's a way that we honor Mary within this. And... Um, it's so I, I want to talk about this and I don't know how to talk about this well. And so I'm just going to talk and hope I don't get myself in too much trouble. Uh, but I really want us to ask this larger question, brothers and sisters, Mary, the life of Mary within our church is such a valued and valuable treasure that we have. 
Now, many of our Protestant brothers and sisters, if you are a, a Protestant brother and sister li- listening to this, one, I am so grateful. Welcome. I'm so, I, I love that you are, are listening to this as well. Um, and, and you're going to hear this from a Catholic perspective. Um, but, but Catholics, almost uniquely, and I say almost because our Orthodox brothers and sisters carry this as well, but carry this image of Mary that is so important uh, in the life of the church. Now, why is that, do you think? Now, I think there are probably as numerous answers to that as, as are, we are who, who would state those answers, right? Because they are unique to us. I know from my mother, my mother considered Mary um, her, her second mother. Uh, and uh, in many times of need, it was Mary uh, and not her own physical mother who, who my mom reached out to. And I think she passed on that importance to us. I remember growing up, kneeling on uh, the the floor, the hard floor in our kitchen, uh, you know, when we said the rosary in May. And listen, as a kid, yeah, that was never a bit, I, I never loved it. I was, I was really happy when we were done because my knees were hurting. But that whole idea, I think, I think, and I don't think this is necessarily carried the wisdom of it carried by the, the the leadership of the church. I think it's carried in the 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 day in, day out, grassroots people who carry the faith. Uh, and that is this. I think Mary in some way carries that feminine image of God for us as Catholics. Now, now this is where I could get in trouble, and there are landmines everywhere, and I want to make sure I'm avoiding those. Let me state clearly, we do not worship Mary. We do not adore Mary. Worship and adoration is for God alone, and Mary is creature. Mary is not creator. Having said that, my friends, I think, again, there is something, whether it is in the Catholic unconscious, within our Orthodox unconscious, Something somehow that carries within Mary that image of the feminine divine. You know, we, we call God Father. Jesus called God Abba, Daddy. Uh, and now we know, and, and, and we're not going to do away with Scripture. That's an incredibly important thing. Uh, but we know, we know that God is neither male nor female. God is beyond that. And to the degree that we solely set up our camp that God is male alone and and that we are saying, you know, our father, because we say that all the time. And I'm not saying let's change it to our parent. You know, it's, it's, it's the our father, okay? But to the extent that we're only using male imagery, I think, my friends, we, we can somehow indoctrinate our own minds to look through the lens of masculinity toward God. And we, we take what we understand masculinity to be here on earth and project that onto God. Now, there's not all, that's not all bad. There are masculine traits, and I know I'm painting with big brushes here. There are masculine traits for which are, are absolutely the gift of God, okay? And, and, and projecting them onto God, I mean, it's really God's gift to us, so let's make sure we're doing this in the right way. That, that's, a, that's a fair and good thing. But I will also say this, and I think this is mostly true, that I think there is, 
gosh, I, I, I won't say it universally. I won't say there is no love, but I will say in the lives of most of us, there is seldom a love that we find as tender and as beautiful as the love of a mother uh, and when we are children, right? Now, those of us who are blessed find that love perhaps in a spouse or find that love perhaps in a friend. And if you do, uh, you are doubly blessed. You are doubly blessed. But I think there is something about a mother's love. And I think that unconscious image that the church uses with Mary to help us know that that is who God is, that, that wherever we have experienced that tender love of God in, in another person, and often that is through our mothers, that we are experiencing God's love. And, and I think that's why the church in her infinite wisdom keeps Mary on such an incredible, um, well, before us, I'll simply say that. I don't want to say on a pedestal, but, but keeps Mary before us because it invites us to remember the tender love of God. Now, granted, again, Mary is not God, but it invites us to remember the vastness of God's great love. You know, and, and yes, there are women I know who carry an incredible strength and men who carry an incredible tenderness and sensitivity. And so this is not uh, fair to, to, to do in such broad strokes. But I think again, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop with this point. I am grateful. That's what I'll say. I am grateful to God and the wisdom of the church for keeping Mary before us and celebrating her on days like today, Mary, the mother of God, uh, in the sense that we remember the tenderness and goodness and, and the, the close embrace that only a mother can do, right? Uh, that that is God, that that is God. And, and lest, you know, you think, oh, Joe, you're, you're um, being heretical and, and things. And, and certainly, maybe I'm pushing an envelope, and I'm not trying to do that. I am trying to, to invite us into the vastness of who God is. Um, Isaiah uses images of that, too, of, of God uh, holding us to, to, to his breast, if I can use his in that word, in that sentence. Or, and Jesus, of course, uses that image of a mother hen, right, uh, when looking over Jerusalem. That, that feminine image of God's love is so incredibly important. So let's break open God's word and then I'm going to call it good because I've already gone 15 minutes here um, and I don't want this to go too long. I love this and I'm going to use Sister Mary McGlone. I've used her before and I want to credit her because I think she is just, gosh, she's such a wise woman. And I'm going to credit her with this image of, of breaking open God's word and that is, okay, so we see the shepherds, right? They're called to go to the stable and find this, this infant wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And that this is the Son in the, of God. This is the, the gift given. And so they come and they find things just as they, they were promised. And they say this to all those who were gathered there, presumably only Mary and Joseph, but there must have been others there because they were all amazed. And, and then they, they find the child, they worship the child, and then they go back praising and honoring God. And, and they go back different than they were when they came. And I love, brothers and sisters, that image. I love it because it reminds me of Zacchaeus, right? Who Zacchaeus 
who at best was a mundane tax collector, at worst was a thief and was stealing from people and ostracized by the community. And when he meets Jesus, he uh, comes down from the tree and he says, Behold, I give half my belongings to the poor, and if I ever, ever extorted anybody, I'm paying them back fourfold. Zacchaeus leaves a different person upon meeting Jesus. Or it reminds me of the woman at the well who comes and meets Jesus uh, and, and thinks he's just a normal guy. But the more she converses with him, the more she realizes who he is. And eventually she runs off to the other people. She who is ostracized by the rest of the town runs off to those townspeople, tells them all about Jesus and brings them to Jesus, right? I mean, it's that idea that when we meet God in whatever form God takes, in in wherever God, I mean, if God can meet you in a tree, he's going to do it. If God can meet you by a well, he's going to do it. If God can meet us in the car, he's going to do it. If God can meet us in the walk in the woods, he's going to do it. If God can meet us through the laughter or tears or presence of a friend, he's going to do it. That's, that's who God is. And brothers and sisters, when we meet God, we go away different people, just like these shepherds did. But I love this image of the vulnerability of God. And this is what Sister Mary is talking about here, how God needs our yes. God needed Mary's yes then. Remember I said Mary is, is woven throughout this whole Christmas season because Mary, God relied on Mary's yes. I, I've used that image before that all of heaven held its breath while the Archangel Gabriel came to Mary during the Annunciation and said, here's the plan, what do you think? And then she said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to the, your word. And all of heaven had to rejoice or at, at the minimum let out a sigh and say, all right, we're moving. We're moving. The plan's going forward, right? God needed Mary's yes. And what a vulnerable God that is. That is not a God of dominion and domination and power as the world thinks of power, right? God's power is in God's very vulnerability. And again, okay, I've promised you Sister Mary McGlowan for like 18 minutes here. Let's finally get to her. And I want to read two quotes from her that I think are brilliant. Now, these are her words and, and not mine. I wish they were mine. And so the first paragraph goes like this. It may seem simple to say that through Mary, Christ is flesh of our flesh. It becomes a bit more shocking to say that God, the creator of the universe, chooses to be dependent on humanity in order to become one of us. The title, Mother of God, necessarily infers an almost scandalous degree of mutuality between humanity and divinity. Oh, that's so good mutuality between humanity and divinity. Listen, there's no mutuality between humanity and divinity. It's all divinity. But God's incredible humility to come forward and say, I need you and I need our, your yes. And that, now I'm going to skip to the end of the article here. Now these are Sister Mary McGlone's words again. This brings us to this brings us to two of Christianity's most radical claims. First, the fact that God depended on Mary for the incarnation reveals that God's power is vulnerable love that has nothing to do with domination. And second, more radically, Mary is not unique. Jesus said himself, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and act upon it. Thus, as Meister Eckhart explained 700 years ago, 
We are all meant to be mothers of God. Brothers and sisters, we celebrate Mary this weekend. Mary who carries that reminder of the tender love of God, just as we have all known the tender love of a mother or a godmother or a grandmother or, or, or some mothering image in our life. We have felt it and experienced it and we know it at a, at a base level within us that that is who God is, and we celebrate that. But we also celebrate Mary's yes. We celebrate her yes to God's plan, but we celebrate God's vulnerability. But beyond celebrations of what has happened, we celebrate what is, and that is God's continued desire to be born in the world and for God to do that. God will not do it in power or domination, But God comes in vulnerable invitation, even today. And all of heaven holds its breath for your answer and mine. Will we say yes to allow God to be born within us? And in so doing, will we be like the shepherds who encounter God and leave by a different road? Leave and go back as different people. That is what our God invites of us today. All of heaven holds its breath for our answer. Will we allow God to be born? Let's pray. And so, my friends, we begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth joyful mystery, the presentation of Jesus at the temple. And that was the eighth day, right, for the circumcision, the presentation. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. 
Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Thanks for being present with me to break open just a gospel today where we celebrate Mary's yes and Mary's goodness and Mary's femininity and Mary's being mother of the church today. May you be filled with every good blessing. Be well and God's peace.